0: From the Hollywood Hills to your earholes, this is True Crime Deadline. I'm Matt Johnson, boots on the ground reporter and host of True Crime Deadline, the podcast that gives you a unique reporter's point of view from the yellow crime scene tape to the gavel in the courtroom. We paint a picture on True Crime Deadline with murder mystery and missing persons cases my contacts grant you access to those case files with disturbing new details and exclusive interviews details might have you thinking no that didn't happen they didn't do that did they and then there's the oprah inspired where are they now binge these 30 minute crime bite episodes where you get your podcasts buckle up investigators You're on Deadline. For more information about the podcast, visit truecrimedeadline.com. Until next time. I'd like to start off by saying I'm not a maniac. I'm just a normal human being with a normal hobby. I enjoy painting houses... Unfortunately for some, I prefer to paint said houses with a unique mixture of my own creation – one that contains human blood. My methods may be unusual, but I find them necessary. I take pride in my work, and as such I do whatever it takes to make the houses that I paint look fantastic – whatever it takes – This all started two years ago when I dropped out of college. I couldn't seem to focus on my classes and didn't have a clear career path in mind. I lacked the motivation and therefore the grades to continue on. Instead, I rented a small apartment back in my hometown and picked up a part-time job at a hardware store. The problem was... The money I made there wasn't enough to cover the cost of living. I needed to find another way to supplement my income. Over the weeks I worked at the hardware store, I noticed that many people came in asking me to recommend good painters in the area to paint their houses. Now my hometown is very small, and there isn't much to choose from in the way of these kinds of services. But this sparked the idea of starting my own painting business. And that's exactly what I did. I painted my first house in a small neighbourhood near my apartment complex. I think my client's name was Linda... She was a 74-year-old woman that wanted her house touched up as it was beginning to age. She had lived there her whole life, it seemed. I painted the entire house within a couple of days, and she was happy. The problem was, I wasn't. To me, the colour didn't look quite right. I needed something more... I decided I would experiment with some different paints to create a more lustrous hue. I used the wooded area behind the apartment complex so as not to get paint all over the place. I must have bought 20 cans of paint cans out there, all of different colours. I even bought a few nice metal buckets from my store to use for mixing. I also bought a decent amount of plywood and a couple of sawhorses. I had spent a good chunk of money on this stuff, even with my employee discount. But I felt I needed to do a good job with my side business. I didn't want a simple thank you and a cheque. I wanted them to stand in awe of the work I had done. These purchases would be money well spent in the long run. I began mixing different colours right away and testing these mixtures on the plywood. I stayed out there until it began getting dark, trying almost every combination of paint that I could come up with. With every failure, I'd toss the piece of plywood and place a new one atop the two sawhorses. And this continued for hours until I used up every piece of plywood I had, both sides. Not a single colour sat well with me, not one. I was just about ready to go home when I noticed something. I had cut my hand. It must have happened while lifting the plywood. The wound was small, but it was dripping blood. It dripped onto one of the sawhorses and caused me to do a double take. This was the first colour that I actually liked. I quickly dabbed a bit of paint on the sawhorse and allowed my hand to drip over it. I then mixed it together with my brush and what do you know, the colour was breathtaking. Soon after my discovery, I packed up and headed home. Now, it may sound bizarre, but I started cutting myself and bottling up my own blood. I would cut myself where no one would be able to see it, and I would drip just enough blood before becoming dizzy. It was a long process that took roughly a week, but I eventually had enough blood for a whole house. My next client was a man by the name of Darren. He was in his mid-forties and looked after your typical family. A wife, two sons, a daughter and a pet dog. He had just relocated for his work and wanted to paint the new family home to surprise his wife. He was a stern man and I could tell it would take a lot to impress him. It was a good thing that I had all that blood. I took the colour he wanted and mixed in some of my blood in each can. His house was of a decent size and area, but it was low to the ground, so the job didn't take too long. It also helped that I was motivated to see my new paint at work. In record time, I had the job done, just in time for Darren to take a look before his wife came home from work. My God, it was beautiful. Darren was gobsmacked after seeing my work. He couldn't believe how good of a job I had done. And I couldn't either, to be honest. This colour came out better than I expected. It seemed that I could mix the blood with any colour to give that extra bit of luster that it needed – It made the paint dark but strikingly bold in a way that it has to be seen rather than be described in order to be fully understood. Durham was happy, and so was I. After a couple of more jobs, I began running out of places to cut myself. That, and it was taking a lot out of me. On the bright side, everyone loved my work – With the aid of word of mouth, I was becoming a small-town success. And after just a few jobs, I couldn't stop there. Not with all the praise I was receiving. I had to keep going, but how? As much as I was enjoying the success I was receiving, I knew I couldn't keep cutting myself. It wasn't healthy and... I just didn't like doing it. One time, I nearly passed out. I had to hatch a plan in order to continue my valued work. I thought of robbing a blood bank, but quickly discarded that idea. For one, there was none nearby, and I lacked the proper stealth and know-how to pull off such an operation. I thought of killing animals to fuel my passion, But I discarded that idea as well. Animal blood was far too different from human blood. It just wouldn't be the same. While privately contemplating new ideas, I heard a knock on my door. It was an electrician hired by the landlord. He was here to do a routine checkup on my thermostat and electrical box. I let the man in and went back to my failed planning. I watched the man as he checked my thermostat. It was then that I had a dark thought cross my mind. I brushed it off at first, but it was like an itch that wouldn't go away. I eventually gave in to it. Without hesitation, I grabbed a large knife from the kitchen drawer and walked over to the man... His back was towards me, making my job easier. I plunged the knife into the back of his neck, severing the brainstem and killing him instantly. He fell to the floor with a thud. I instinctively dragged the body into the next room to hide him, allowing myself no time to react to my own crime one that I'd never done before. Looking back, I know it was a plethora of emotions that overcame me, with the most prevalent one being excitement. Not over the kill itself, that was unpleasant, but over what it meant for me in the long run. I could finally continue my work. It took a lot of rope and a lot of patience... But I managed to tie the man up in my closet, hanging him upside down. I grabbed one of my metal buckets and placed it underneath his lifeless head. I sliced open his neck and let the blood slowly drain from his body. It was disgusting, but it was necessary. There was no turning back at this point anyway. After draining him completely, I disposed of the man's body in the wooded area behind my apartment complex, where I first started experimenting with new colours. I buried him beneath a large tree. I figured that he would decay and provide the tree with some fertiliser. The circle of life and whatnot. I know you have listened to enough true crime podcasts to think that it isn't smart to dump a body so close to where I live, but really, that's not always true. My hometown is in the middle of nowhere, and my apartment complex is even further out. The woods behind it are never visited by anyone other than myself. I could almost guarantee that he would never be found. I used a small portion of the man's blood to experiment some more. As good as my previous mixtures were, I had a feeling I could make this one even better. As it turned out, I was correct. After a couple of days of trial and error, I found that warming the blood up in the microwave before mixing it with the paint, it created a much better consistency. You just have to be careful not to heat it up too long, otherwise it could congeal. Implementing this method, I used the man's blood for a client the following week. This client was so impressed that they offered me a hefty tip on top of my usual earnings. That, to me, justified my crime. I've since done many jobs and racked up quite a clientele in the process. I've quit my job at the hardware store and now paint houses full-time. With each new house, there is another body or two that I have to dispose of. One guy kept having a change of heart and wanted a different colour every time I finished painting his house. That job took at least five bodies worth of blood, if I remember correctly. Oh well, I can't risk disappointing a client, can I? Their satisfaction is worth a lot after all. Widening my customer base with each good review that they give, I may even start venturing out to other towns pretty soon. Who knows? Maybe your town will be the next one on my list. If so, then I look forward to doing business with you.